mics are rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 27 of the Sidelines Podcast. I'm your host, Cordo, and I'm here with my other host, my man. Tapey over here, Cordo. How you doing, buddy? I'm going well. Now, you've got to go to the physio, so this is going to be <laughs> a quick episode. We're firing. Take, firing on all it, cylinders. It takes a team to get the rig up and going. Yeah, a lot. There's like <laughs> 15 different guys all doing things. It's at least four Russians. Uh, as any good team you need. <laughs> Does that mean you're on the old uh, PEDS is on the old PEDS, PEDs? It's a good gag. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was quite proud of that one. Just came out there. Um, now, mate, you're still watching the Queen's Gambit, your chess show? Yeah, I nearly finished. Loving it? Yeah, this is pretty... I think this could be the first show that I can report back that I've completed and am up to date, which is um, different. Nice. So it has been a long time since I've actually finished a show. I mean, they're going to bring out more seasons because the show has kind of really hit the ground running. It's yeah. now sparking like fashion things and, you know, haircut stuff. And, you know, you know, like any good, suddenly this is a big thing yeah. uh, drama. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I think they're going to do another season, apparently. Now, I suspect you also spent most of your weekend glued to the television watching the golf Look, yes and no. It was actually a weird, weird one. I watched as much as I could, but the time difference is a little bit different now. Um, so for those of you not aware, on the weekend was the Masters, um, the big the big major uh, in the golfing world. Uh, normally, it's in April. Um, so because of all the COVID-ness, uh, they moved it to November, redid their grass and just a different feel. Uh, again, with no spectators or anything. But in terms of timing, it just sort of didn't really align. So I recall quite vividly uh, being at one of my previous jobs, watching the golf on a Monday morning between 7 and 10 uh, as Scotty rolled in some putts. Uh, So that was at work. So I remember that time. But whereas this year, it didn't really align that way. I had to get up earlier and see less. Um, Mm. So... Again, it was still really, really good though. It was a great event and the main man, DJ, got the win. Uh, one of the most dominating performances in a long time. It's been a big year for Dustin's in the sporting world. Yeah. So for those who, who aren't aware of uh, the big man, he is the Texan. He's six foot five, referred to as the athlete, um, which I would love to have that nickname in any type of anything I did. Um, but he's just got this amazing swing it's it's his swing no one else has has it um but yeah he just absolutely punishes the ball he's worked a lot on his game and he's the man is he the one that's with paulina gretzky yes wayne gretzky's daughter yes wow their children are gonna be good are gonna be amazing at something yes they just have to be the greatest hockey player potentially athlete of all time in terms of statistical success in a sport yeah, and he's a beast. He, he he could have been like anything, I think. Yeah, um, okay. Uh, the one thing that he's got, which is just all inspiring, is he's got this saunter. Uh, he's got yeah, this low, nice. slow Texan, just lumber. Like a like, trudge. It's it's a real Clint Eastwood type walk. Yeah, It's nice. really hard to explain because he's the only one who's got it. So like now... In 2020, he punches golf balls down a fairway for a living, but you could see him 200 years ago, like kicking in the sort of doors on a, a bar and yeah, but like, roughing people up. But he'd do it, but you'd be like, oh, it didn't really look like he kicked the door there. The door sort of just opened itself. Moved <laughs> its own way out. Uh, and then 
but forcefully. Geez, he really did that easily. How did he manage that? The and doors, yeah, they just sort of fell off the hinge and you don't know how. Yeah, so that's kind of his persona. He's, he's very, very casual on the uh, the outside. Nothing really seems to phase him. I'm sure in, internally uh, there's, a, there's a lot more gears ticking away, um, but he's great to watch. I think every golfer would love to have that sort of swagger. That vibe. Yeah, just... You know, we're talking about, he's one of the longest hitters in the game, um, which is also great. Wasn't a good weekend for one of our most beloved athletes. No, he thick, didn't. Thick boy town. He did not go well, um, which to most of the golf world we're happy about, but it's a different golf course. So I think you'll learn from it. But, you know, Augusta is just this different place. And yeah, you know, they always claim that it's always going to, you know, it was always going to get him and all this kind of stuff. But, um, I just don't. I think he peaked at the tournament, the US which he won, uh, and then he started dropping off because you really got to putt well. Yeah, at um, Augusta. Well, it's classic big guy diet. You get that like energy peak from the Maccas, but then it trails off in your body for days afterwards. His yeah. season's gone the same way. The big concern was he's actually he was actually like having some um, like body reactions and stuff. So he he actually didn't do one of the practice rounds or pulled out because he was quite dizzy. And couldn't walk around and all this sort of stuff. Can't relate to that feeling after a few <laughs> kebabs or halal snack packs or maccas on the way home. So as much as everyone like loves to get stuck into him, you do hope that he's like, I don't like Not seeing, having a heart attack. Yeah, I don't, I don't really enjoy uh, saying that some players pull out for that sort of uh, reasoning. Yeah. Now, mate, following on from last week's episode, we had uh, a few more people get in touch. And some of them are our loyal followers. And it comes off the back of we've decided to launch something called the Golden Baller Supporter <laughs> Pack, <laughs> which is a fancy way of saying uh, people that want to support the show, we're offering them the chance to do that through our website. And as part of that, they get to request every now and then in episodes topics and they get to phone in and have a yarn with us during an episode, which we could be opening ourselves up to an absolute hand grenade. But Yeah, we don't know how that works just yet knowing so, yeah knowing some of the scumbag humans that we're mates with. <laughs> yeah that that is a concern so <laughs> but look off the back of that we had a few peeps that said oh you got to talk about this you got to talk about that so we thought because this episode is going to be a little brief we'll go back from last week and bring some of that stuff up sounds good now our good mate dane westaway Shaw, he wanted some hilarious travel stories now he prefaced that with good and bad so i thought if you had any shockers you wanted to share, if not, I've got a swag full. Yeah. I mean, there's always a couple of, I'd call them stereotypical, which happens to everyone, which is the miss your flight, sleep over the airport. Yeah. So I've had a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just how it is. There's always just, you know, I can't really have any that are jumping out off the spot at me where it's like, this was like the dumbest thing. But to be honest, there's a lot of just, you know, New York, when I went there both times, uh, catching up with both my mates, uh, went there with uh, my mate from back home, Walshie, for another mate's uh, wedding, and we just had a great time. So, I mean, New York's that weird city where you kind of just go out and you have a great time and you're drinking too many beers. Uh, I'd say it's probably not like the most outrageously lord story, but I would say that one of my more unique one, which touches on something we don't normally talk about, is that I was actually in Times Square when Trump got elected uh, president, uh, yeah. which is almost four years to the day. So 
Um, obviously, he's not there probably. <laughs> um, but again, that was probably more a unique one because I had went to a couple of bars, was there by myself at that time, talking to a lot of different people. And I'm becoming best mates with like the hot dog vendor in Times Square as you do. Nice. And then, you know, was eating a lot of hot dogs. Speaking of Bryson diets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and basically talking to this dude with my expert opinion on why I think they're in some strife. <laughs> and he's just like very, very minimal English at this stage. He's just like, do you want some more hot dogs? And he's like, yeah, man. I'll eat it now, but trust me, you're going to be paying for it later. I was gonna, so you <laughs> thought he was like listening to you, but he was effectively just coaxing cash out of you for dogs. As oh, long yeah, as you kept buying them, he was happy to keep listening. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> the weirdest economy. You, you spend $4 and get 16 hot dogs, whereas over <laughs> here, you spend $16 and get half the thought of a hot dog. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but no, nah, look. They're, they're my main sort of ones. I can't really th- have any major outliers. They're always always just good stories, yeah. Um, but nothing that it's a hall of fame era, I'd say. Well, I in years gone by have felt like a little bit of a shit magnet with some of the stuff that happens when I go overseas. Most of that, I suspect, is brought on by my personality and how I conduct myself. But other times, I feel genuinely aggrieved that I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. (laughs) But I thought for some fun and to keep Dane happy, I'd fire out a few absolute shockers. Now, my favorite one of all these, I'll call it the Indonesian waterfall trip. Now, the names in this trip shall remain nameless for protection of privacy. My friends out there know who they are. I wasn't specifically affected by this, but this is a thing that happened. They're on this tour. And while they're staying on this island, one of the tour guide operators that was sort of taking them around for a bit of surfing and stuff says to them, look, if you get up in the morning, going on this boat, I'll take you to this amazing waterfall that you'll never see anywhere else. And they're all like, yeah, cool. Okay, why not? So they get on the gas. They had a bit of a big night. They get woken up at 5.45 a.m. And the tour guide went from sort of being like, yeah, cool. We'll just get up in the morning and like roll on over to being really like in a hurry. Like, get up, get up, come on. And they were sort of like, wow, he's being really like aggressive, like we're on a time here. Piles him into this boat. The dry, It's still dark. They're firing off through like the early sort of dark sun coming up, scooting over this water. They're in the boat for like an hour. Sun comes up. They get to this island. As they're rolling up to this little island, he's gone, yeah, the waterfall's in the back there. Quick, quick, get off the boat. Get off the boat. You got to go to the waterfall and then we'll come back in like an hour or two and I'll bring you back. They're all a bit confused going, what the hell's going on? As they're getting off the boat, they see these dudes coming out of the forest with machine guns. Oh, yeah. They all freeze up. The guys with machine guns just casually walk past them like nothing's happening. They're all frozen still. The tour guide operator comes to them and goes, it's all good. The waterfall's this way. (laughs) And another tour guide who they'd never met just goes with them, takes them to this waterfall. They hike for about 40 minutes. Get to this waterfall. It's amazing. Crystal clear water. They're having a swim, but they're all just like, what the hell is going on? Are we about to get murdered? Are we getting kidnapped? After a while, the other guy's like, they reckon he got like a call on like a satellite phone. And he's like, okay, we can go back to the boat now. We can go back. They go back to the boat. The guys with guns are gone. But the tour guide guy again is in like, come on, come on. We got to get back. We got to get back. They jump on the boat. They're just cruising along, very confused. One of them goes, oh, I need to go to the toilet. Goes down below the boat. And the guy's like, don't go down there. Don't go down there. And he's like, why? And he pushes the door open. And there was about... 
a hundred grand worth of narcotics piled into the <laughs> boat. <laughs> so it turns out the tour guide operator was also a drug smuggler. Often go hand in hand. Yeah. And so they inadvertently had fallen into, that was his tactic. I look like a tour guide operator, but I'm actually smuggling drugs from islands to islands. Well, it's obviously worked for him before. Yeah. Well, they were like, it was such a like smooth operation. They were clearly like the 700th like victims of it versus I'm going to try this for the first time. Yeah. They're like, we knew something's wrong when the little tour guide operator has a sat phone (laughs) (laughs) and gets told you can come back to the boat. I love it. Yeah. Absolute doozy. Um, now another one quickly is this is involves myself. I'm happy to cop this one. I'm on a Contiki tour years ago. Most people would know what a Contiki tour is. It's effectively just young people being idiots on a bus that goes through wherever. I did the European one. Uh, traveling. Yes. Uh, traveling. Yes. Yes. Broadening the horizons of the mind. I mean, Italy, I can't even remember where it was because we did one of those like 40 day Contiki tours. And it's one of those ones where you go to the bar and there's always those kind of like slimier Kentucky people that offer you stuff. And this bartender's like, oh, it's genuine absinthe, genuine absinthe. I was a bit none the wiser that the real absinthe is a bit of a hallucinogenic. Yep. Yeah. So we've had this in a bar and I reckon three hours later, I've realized that my mate and I have run into a volleyball tournament like an indoor volleyball game that's happening with what i suspect were high school kids and we're shirtless and running into the middle of the game hitting volleyballs <laughs> until the i think it's carbonieri the italian police uh quietly removed us from the, the indoor volleyball tournament. questioned your involvement in the sport yeah and i was so sick for two days afterwards so i'm <laughs> promised dane i'd give him a bad story that was a bad story <laughs> Um, but quickly, the last one I wanted to bring up a few years ago, we're in Croatia with my friends and my mate, uh, Reese, who was actually on our show, notorious dodgy booker by that, I mean, tells us he's booking something turns out to be quite different too. (laughs) He's like a bad internet dating profile where you get on the date and you're like, you do not look like the picture. That's the type of bookings he does on tour. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) So he's like, we're going to go to this cool little island. I've booked an Airbnb. The cool little island turned out to be effectively the worst humans from England. Like the people that think Ibiza is too nice and clean. (laughs) They go to this island called Pag in Croatia. All the girls are in weird G-string bikinis and sneakers. All the guys are in like England soccer shorts and no tops. Everyone has earrings, like fake diamond earrings, guys included. And all the English lads had that kind of jelly, spiky hair that those kind of soccer hooligan dudes have. Anyway, we're standing there and he's like, Reese, uh, two of our other mates were like, this is the worst Airbnb ever. I can't believe you've booked this. It was like a dog box. And there was like <laughs> six of us. There was like no beds. So he's just gone, let's just go out, you and me, while the others were just staying at home to have a quiet night. So we're like, okay, cool. We go down to this. I don't even know how we found the cabbie. We're like, we want to go to these nightclubs on, it's called Zerche Beach. He's like, okay, cool. He proceeds to drive us around for about an hour and a half and then threaten us because he ran the bill up to like 150 euros for what should have been a 15-minute cab ride. So we have an argument with him. We get into this nightclub. 
turns out it's a 24-7 nightclub. It never closes. It's got pools and stuff in it. There were people doing like nangs, like nitrous oxide canisters. You buy them with your drinks at the bar. Like it was just <laughs> filth. There were people like having fights in the bar, no one turning a blind eye, like couples throwing drinks at each other and then like making out and appearing to get intimate in the pool. Like, <laughs> I mean, we were both like disturbed, but equally like this is, let's just sit quietly and watch. We're doing this. Next day comes. We were there all night. We're talking to the lady that owned our Airbnb. Now, putting aside the fact that we felt she'd scammed us <laughs> in the photos, she's like, oh, what'd you do last night? We said, oh, we went to this club in Zerche Beach. She's like, no, don't ever go there. We're like, oh, why? She's like, oh, it's run by the Russian mafia. And then she's like, oh, they've got HIV in the pool. We're like, what? What do you mean? She's got like broken English. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah there's AIDS in the pool. So we get online. Turns out the year before, the pool had tested positive for AIDS. And we were so close to hopping in it. You know, you sit in the yeah. pools with your shoes off and that we were so close to sitting in the pool. But more the fact that it got pinged for that. Still stayed open. Still stayed open. Yeah. That's a tense period of time. Yeah. But also, I don't know how you just stay open. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, clearly there are not a lot of regulations in this area. And like, people, oh, that's right. And someone had been murdered in the club and they didn't notice for a few days. Like Revolver in Melbourne. Remember that? Yeah. Someone died in Revolver here, the 24-7 nightclub. They didn't find him for like four days. So it was the same thing. Someone had been shot and no one noticed. That's always good. Yeah. You always want that. Yeah. Were the beers good though? I don't remember. <laughs> We drink it some sort of blue concoction that seemed to glow. <laughs> so we've got another. Qu so is that it? Got any more on that one? Or you? No. no stories for now. Yeah, I think I'll stash them away. We'll see what the feedback is. If my mum's horrified, or if people want more, I can bring more next week. So the next one we'll go through is from Dime with the Fat Man. Great username. <laughs> Fat spelt with a P too. Which. Is deciphering girl and guy talk, which I feel like is just a genuine stitch up. Oh gosh! But yeah. we're gonna have a crack at it anyway. Yep. Um, <laughs> this is a landmine yeah. subject. But let's let's do our best. I mean, we'll just we'll just sum this up in like eight minutes. You know, it's just simple. Yeah. Um, the the classic line: "What girls really mean when they say they are fine." <laughs> <laughs> what don't they mean when they say they're fine? It's a very odd turn of phrase, isn't it? Yeah. It's the ultimate passive-aggressive, I'm not fine line. Yeah, and I think the general problem is that for the most part, males are pretty literate. Yes. It's like, I am not okay. I am good. Yeah. Generally speaking, they align. Yeah. <laughs> if they don't align, it's not like, oh, I'm good as I pick up this microphone stand and throw it out the window. And then there's like the, the subtitles come across the bottom. Like AP was not fine. And yes. everyone goes, oh, I've, I've picked up on that vibe <laughs> very quickly. So I think at a core, that is the big difference. Yeah. And we also don't realize it because we're also used to predominantly talking with other males who also share our simple, logical view of the world. Yeah. And guys don't have high emotional EQ. 
No. So guys are terrible at reading the room. What room? Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. We're in a room? That's why we're always the ones at pubs that make other people uncomfortable because we're totally unaware that what we're talking about is making other people uncomfortable. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a superpower that we never signed up for and yeah. it's not really that handy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, some people hate guys for it. I'm like, yeah, it's a superpower to genuinely make 50 people in a room uncomfortable. It's like that and literally Captain Obvious. It's yeah, like they they really are like a part of like a really bad Justice League or Avengers, and that's like every male superpower. Yeah, where well you can all sit at a table and be like, "So there I am," and the foot, like his boot just hits me square in my left testicle, and it blows up like a watermelon. <laughs> while a couple is a meter away from you trying to eat their dinner, and your mates are like, "Oh, that's why you got one nut." Like, uh, they're pretty bad at that. But yes, girls, it can be girlfriend, wife, sister, mother. Co-worker, I've been on the receiving end a few times of the, that's eh, fine. Yeah, and then the thing is then you get jaded a few times and you're like, what's wrong? <laughs> like, I know that that means it's not all good. And they're like, no, nothing, it's actually all right. Which makes it worse because you're then asking over and over again, but you still haven't figured it out. <laughs> uh, what a time to be alive. You're like a dude on Wheel of Fortune where the, like, the word is cat. It says like A-T and instead of just saying C, you just get going, what is it? What, D, what, yeah, dat. What, what you, do you reckon it is? Who did this Wheel of Fortune thing? You yeah. guys suck. So it's harmless what you are doing, getting it wrong, but for everyone else that's like, oh my God, it's so obvious, it's infuriating. <laughs> Look, that is a genuine uh, deep dive. What do you think the equivalent is that guys say that probably frustrate the living shite out of girls? I don't know. I think we're pretty easy. <laughs> it's okay. So, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. That's, that's kind of it, though. We're very simplistic. <laughs> yeah. Which sounds like we're being derogatory towards women, but we're actually being derogatory towards men. Yeah. Yeah. That's the line. We're very simple, simple beings. Just like, oh, I was just going to do this, but now I won't. It's like the difference between a 1978 Mazda and a Tesla. Both effectively the same thing, a vehicle, but very simple (laughs) basic mechanics versus complex machinery. It's safe to say which one we are. Yeah. The sick ass. (laughs) Whatever I said, (laughs) 70s Mazda. I was going to go with Hyundai. But look, we're all... Back away slowly from that topic now. Yeah, that's loaded. Yeah. We're both sitting here with our arms twitching, nervous to talk about it. <laughs> but we committed to talking about stuff that people ask. All right, now moving on. Yep. So this one's from your mate. Yes, Stevie Boy Ryan. Uh, he's asked us some legendary stories of sports stars misbehaving. Ooh, yes. So we're probably going to unpack this one further than what we will hear because it is just an all-time great, great one. And there's a lot of different areas to sort of have a look at it. There's the genuine people in when they're in a sporting event and then there's extracurricular activities. Yes. So for now, we're probably going to look at the most part for in sport because there's a few less of those. Yeah. I mean, the other ones are kind of all boring, which is basically just listen to the NRL 
just repeat that a few times. <laughs> yeah. Got two hours to talk about. Hey, yeah, and I don't want to get into the whole like weapons charges and murder stuff, like the whole OJ sphere. You stay yeah. away from that. So what would you think is the biggest, probably the most strangest one, the strangest sports story in terms of misbehaving? I'd say the Tonya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan figure skating thing. Yeah, that's what I had. That's just, it's too weird. Yeah, it fits into the, would this make a good movie? Which it did. Which it did, but like, (laughs) it's not even like, if someone, if you had never heard that and you watched that movie in the end, the big, based on a true story, you'd be very like, what? What? Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that. that's, That's how far off the normal edge that is. Yeah. Now, my understanding is Nancy Kerrigan is kind of like the all-American clean cut. She was a star. Tonya Harding was like the hard work grifter. Very uh, good, but yeah, not, not the same realm. Not the polish, but worked hard. Figure skating is very much a polish, pleasant sport. I think Tonya Harding was kind of like the Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> of figure skating. <laughs> Rough around the edges. Came from a shitty upbringing too. Which then, you know, rubs off on your persona. Now, somehow they were competing for an Olympic spot and her ex and weird dead shit brother or mate decided to take Nancy Kerrigan out on her behalf. Yeah, it's just, again, it's the weirdest thing. Even just you saying it and I know it and everyone's heard it before. Like, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. But it was also the fact that it happened like, right before she was about to compete. So it wasn't like a, you know, we flattened her tires or something on a freeway. It was like a crowbar and a balaclava and whacking her knee yeah. on the way out to skate. There's a famous footage of her like wailing in pain in her outfit. Yeah, at least it, like if you really had a thought about it, you do it on her way to like her practice session like three months yeah, I mean, here's us, like, plotting. <laughs> well, if you're going to plot, you may as well plot well. Well, that's why it's so ridiculous, because it's, it's like Homer Simpson-style plotting. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's like a... It's a plot out of a Family Guy episode. You know, like, Lois wants to become a figure skater, and then Peter, like, tries to take out her rival. Like, it's something out of Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... There is something about it that just... Like, I don't think anything can top it. No. Nothing will come close to it. Like, and it was so iconic of the 90s too. Like, it would be... The only other things I could think of, which is just factually me making up shit, is somehow a tennis player rocks up to the court and they've got no rackets. <laughs> and then they look over and the other guy's like, what are you talking about? As he's holding eight rackets that he's like sort of half broke. Yeah. He's like, these aren't yours. Yeah. They, they could be, but they're not. <laughs> yeah, or like... Yeah, someone like planting a bag of cocaine like in a tennis player's bag. So like Djokovic goes to open his bag to get a racket out and all this cocaine falls everywhere and Rafa's sitting there like pleading ignorance going, I don't know how that got into his bag. They love 40, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) And then turns out Rafa had had it planted by his weird cousin like Tony. (laughs) Yeah, look, I I just honestly can't think of anything of that tier. Everything else is low tier compared to that. It's the usual just... Some stupid, you know, shenanigans, abusing a guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ryan Lochte's got pretty close. The US swimmer, 2016 Olympics in Brazil. 
Remember that? No. So he's come out and saying, oh, we got robbed. We got jacked in Brazil. These people like took all of our stuff. And then his story started to get a little like different when he was doing other interviews about it. So he made a few little key errors, you know, like the whole like, yeah, five guys jumped us. Then, oh, yeah. So this guy jumped us and people started to go, huh? Anyway, video footage surfaced. The cops or someone wised up that this doesn't quite make sense. And they found video footage of he and some other swimmers getting into a fight with a gas station attendant. And they kicked in the door at the gas station and attacked the attendant and then made the whole story up and then bounced out of the country before <laughs> they got charged. Yeah. See, that, that's, that's just dumb. That's, yeah. that's it. That fits into that um, bizarro things that athletes do because – I don't know why. Didn't we have a golfer that did that? That made up an attack? Uh, yeah. Appleby. That's right. No, he got, he, the hole he got bashed and stuff and then turns out he just got really drunk. That's right. And hurt and, his own face. Yeah. And then it, it was, that was weird. Yeah. Again, that's like, we probably should just go into like things that people say that they can come back five minutes later and wish it's, there's no explanation why. Yeah. I mean, there's a few classics like Doc Ellis, who was a pitcher for, I think, Pittsburgh pirates in the mlb in the 70s he pitched a whole no hitter perfect game as high as a kite on lsd and his teammates knew he was on lsd and in interviews he was like i don't really remember throwing the baseball at anyone or anything i just kind of remember seeing this weird square and i just kept aiming the balls at the square (laughs) (laughs) uh that is a good story but like if i can't yeah doing it like on its own is one thing, but to then pitch a perfect game. So whatever the acid was doing, it had him like laser focused. (laughs) The last one I found was this guy, Peter Story, who was like a Man United Arsenal guy back in the day. He, uh, like obviously wages was not a thing then. Not like we have today where, you know, Premier League guys are some of the wealthiest athletes in the world. Back then, get paid nothing. Everyone had jobs. He got busted because he was the owner of the Calypso Massage Parlor, which was basically just a brothel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Classic. Go yeah. to. We got done for being a brothel owner. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I think that's our our sort of loose listener question episode. Yes. We'll be aiming to a few more of these as we get into the back end of the, the sports season. Exactly. Check out the website. If you want more dodgy holiday stories, scarily, I've got a lot more stashed up my sleeve. <laughs> the whole Croatia one I could go into in a whole nother level. That was just one night. I was going to say, we do have a couple, you know, it is towards the back end of a very intense 2020. Yes. Um, so we are going to have a few... Uh, December themed podcast coming up. Yes. Some bulk audience involvement Christmas special episodes. Which is scary to talk about. Yeah. But we'll do good shit. Don't the worry. Christmas mega week where there'll be episodes coming out basically every day. Little mini episodes, about 20 minutes long, that will cover everything Christmassy. Holidays, seasonal greetings, whatever you need to call it these days. Do they really have to call it that? No, I think certain schools and stuff, they stop calling We'll call it Christmas. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But just quickly, we announced the winner of our very first Sidelines Baseball Brim Snapback Hat. 
Yes, so that's on the Instagram. Yep, congratulations, Sarah Messi. Yes, I do know her, so I will get that to her. Could be something dodgy, but there wasn't. We did a, a Google wheel spin. Yeah, the internet's a great place. Yeah, you can find <laughs> literally a wheel to enter in names and click spin and it pulls out a random winner, which <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so congratulations, Sarah. But look, we'd ask you, check out the sidelines.com.au. We now have a merch section. So if you missed out on winning the hats, you can actually purchase. <laughs> <laughs> now, these are awesome snapbacks made by our good friends. Yes, this is uh, Ash at Hip Pocket in Shepparton. So we'll do a bit of a collab photo with them. So again, thanks, uh, Ash, or as he's uh, commonly referred to back in our football days, Fast Jesus. So yeah, it's There's the, a whole episode yeah, in that. Uh, we, we might have to get him on for that one to talk about his uh, infamous nickname, uh, Fast, Fast Jesus. Jesus. I want to meet Slow Moses. Like, Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, you looking at him? <laughs> <laughs> Went up the mountain and came back down with two hammies. <laughs> yeah, if that, if that. <laughs> All right, so yeah, get it out, check it out. The Golden Baller supporter package is there. Any, and for the hats, for that, anything that you guys spend with us, look, we don't like asking for it, but all of that stuff goes straight to the production of the show, taking it further places, gear, production, marketing, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, thank you very much for your support, folks. Now, thanks, guys. See you next time. Yeah.